What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. We're back. We got another one. We're coming in hot. Um, so today's guest, her name is Latoya D. And I I, I know I over-exaggerate. God, I don't know how to say this every single time because I'm like, oh, I'm excited for today's guest. But like, and then every time I'm like, no, no, but like, I'm really, really excited. But like, no, no, no. Like, I really am excited. Um, it was such like a freaking fun conversation. Um, and this sounds like an oxymoron thing to say. Uh, but it was a fun conversation about anxiety. Yes, it was. Um, I truly like fell in love with who Latoya is as a person throughout this conversation. And I hope that you guys do too. She is someone who's just like dedicated a lot of her life to anxiety that we all experience and like how to get to the other side of that. She recently published her first book, Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind, um, where she discusses like how to manage anxiety, your mental health, your personal growth. Um, her goal is to really help people overcome their personal anxieties so they can step into their most powerful selves. Um, and if that doesn't sound good to you, then like, I don't know what does because I think that's something that we all want in this life is to live our lives as our most authentic selves. And so, um, you guys, this interview, it gets kind of saucy. Let me tell you, it gets a little saucy. Um, and I definitely, you, you want to stay tuned because, um, not only does Latoya share incredible advice and tips, um, on battling your own anxiety, but, uh, at a certain point I share a very, very, um, interesting story about myself uh, that was previously something that only a close personal friend knew. So um, now you're going to be privy to um, young VB and uh, I wouldn't say mistake I made. I really wouldn't call it that because my experimental self and we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, if you're someone who's struggling currently with anxiety or have struggled in the past, um, this is a great one. So let's get into it. Here we go. Guys, welcome back. I am very excited today. I have Latoya on the podcast. And so Latoya, you really like, I mean, hello, welcome. Hi. Um, you've got like, you know, this, you have a new book that just came out, which we're going to talk about, but really like you've built your social media following and really just, you show up in the world as mm -hmm a guide for people who are struggling and dealing with anxiety and making mm -hmm. that less taboo and, you know, really releasing the stigma around having anxiety and talking about it. And so your own, it says here, what I've written down here is that your, your motto in life is normalizing conversations about mental health one post at a time. Yes. So I just <laughs> want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. And we're going to talk all things anxiety. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I feel like I was specifically looking forward to doing this interview and chatting with you is because if there's one 
human thing that ties us all together, every single person. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care how successful you are or how successful you aren't. Like every single one of us, we deal with anxiety. We all do. We all experience it. And like, you can't tell me any different. Like I know everyone deals with that. And so Mm -hmm. I I feel like I was specifically just super really excited to, you know, get on here and chat with you. So as someone who devotes their entire life to helping people cope with anxiety. Yeah. Um, when you just said devote their entire life to it, that just made me anxious. I'm like, do I do that? Oh my God. That's such a big shoes to fill. Yeah. I definitely, I guess I am an advocate for, um, people who struggle with anxiety and overcoming it, um, because of my personal experiences with it and struggling with depersonalization um, and really going through through a really bizarre time in my life back in 2018 that um, opened my eyes to anxiety and how really bad, I was one of curse, can we curse on here? Yes, you can. Okay. (laughs) So I was like, I was going to be like, you know, really fucked up. Can you be you? Uh, Yeah, can I be me? (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if I can do that or not. Um, But yeah, just like really how fucked up anxiety is and, um, and how much of a liar anxiety is and taking the power away from it. So I just became very inspired um, by... Um, wanting to heal and um, going on my healing journey. And um, during that healing journey, wanting to share with others, because I'm like, you know, I gotta, I feel like I should share this with people um, and ultimately help them too, if they're struggling and what better way to make it as relatable. Cause I think um, when we were, when we think about mental health or, you know, it's now it's becoming more of a conversation and, and it's becoming normalized more to talk about mental mental health and anxiety. But I think, you know, there's been a stigma one. And when we talk about mental health, we immediately think about psychiatric help or ment or or psych wards or the the crazy people not I shouldn't even say crazy or people who are in distress and what we see in the streets or you know like schizophrenia, things that are very severe, which those are also um, mental health issues, but um, day-to-day folks like us, we are actually struggling with mental health issues, especially after 2020. Nobody in this world can tell me that they're not struggling with anything that has to do with their mental health um, after 2020, because we ha- we're living, we've had to adapt to a whole new world. Mm-hmm. So there is some grief um, process that we're all going, we're grieving a, a life that we used to know. We don't have that same type of, we're trying to get it back, (laughs) but we don't have that same, what we were doing prior to to, um, February, 2020, that is no longer. So we are definitely grieving that whether we like it or not. So um, I'm very happy that now I have the opportunity to be a relatable girl from the Bronx um, who got a little hood and a little twinge of ghetto, you know what I mean? But she also... (laughs) She also focuses on her mental health. And I just want to be able to inspire people who are like me and, and and can relate to me to do the same. I love that so, so, so much. And that you're providing a space like that um, and carving that out. And I think that's amazing. Um, I think that, you know, representation is 
you know, in 2020, like w- there's so much to unpack there, right? Like I want to talk about 2020. I want to talk about like what you said and grieving and, and, and knowing like people are, some people are just thinking that they're walking around and like, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Like, they think they're, they're okay. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They think they're okay. And I think a lot of people are not. So I do want to unpack that, but also just what the end of what you were saying is like just representation in general and understanding like, you know, there, there needs to be representation, um, as a black woman mm-hmm. in every field, but like, you know, how do you feel about mental health, um, as a black woman and do you feel represented? And if not, then, you know, how important is your role in this space? to make people feel like they have a space and and belong. I don't feel like there's a lot of representation for, I mean, I feel like there are some outlets for us and there's people coming up in the world like the Charlemagne's and the Michelle Williams, which the most popular ones that I know that's Taraji Henson. And she's doing her push with mental health. Um, The only thing that, the thing that, um, my, I don't know how to say this, but like they're celebrities, right? So sometimes it's hard for us to relate to celebrities because, right. yeah, okay, girl, yeah, your man left you. Oh, yeah, you know, you're struggling with anxiety, Charlamagne. We catch that. But, you know, you're not worrying about how your content bill is going to be paid. You're not worrying about if you're going to be able to pay rent. And granted, you probably had to worry about those things in the past, but there's people who are presently doing that right now who have lost their jobs because of COVID, whose man has left them, whose woman has left them, or what have you, and they're going through a lot of stuff. And sometimes hearing those things from those celebrities is not the most encouraging because it's like, yeah. And after you're done talking, you're going to go to your mansion and I'm going to still be in this. So um, I say all that to say is like, you know, there is representation, but there's not a lot of, you know, just regular, regular conversations going on that are relatable for us. And that's how I felt for myself. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to provide that for people. Um, and, and as far as Black women in the space, um, it, you know, like I know, the wellness space is inundated with white women and men and um, and a thriving business at that <laughs> that I would love yeah. to tap into. <laughs> I mean, the brands are paying top dollars to people who are my friends, actually, in the space, and they're doing awesome work. I just have not yet seen a lot of outlets. Like, I mean, there are other Black women in space like Dr. Joy, but she's also a therapist, so it works for her. Whereas someone like myself or someone like the other, my other counterparts who are white women and my peers who are white women that are doing this are not therapists and they were able to build this brand. um, There is a sense of white privilege in the wellness space that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Um, Do I let that stop me or bother me? No. Um, I'm just going to try to make my own lane and you know, and and build my network and build relationships with as many people as I can, black, white, brown, Asian, whatever, um, and try to get as much reach, reach as I can to the people who might see me and say, she reminds me of myself. I love this, you know, and, and if I can get one person to do that, I'm happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. And I definitely yeah. wanted to make sure that we touched on that because I think it's wildly important. And it's something that I advocate myself for in all of the spaces that I'm present in. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to chat about that and talk about it. Yeah. Um, 
just so that people just open their eyes. And thank you and for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, uh, it's, it's important. I think it, I think it matters. It really matters. Um, so just to open people's eyes and have these conversations, the more we talk about these kinds of things, I feel like the more like reach we have, the more we open all like doors for every person. And that's mm-hmm. what really accounts for something. It matters. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. that's really dope. Because um, your mental health struggle might not essentially no might not it ain't the same as mine (laughs) you know what I mean like your mental health struggles and just like mine is not the same as yours so there's things that I wouldn't understand that you know are 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 privy to you and there's things that I that you wouldn't understand about me so um you know but what what better way to tackle this world of mental health and anxiety and healing if we can all bring our stories together um yeah and then there's space for all of us to tell that story you know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So to go backwards to the other point that I wanted to unpack about, you know, COVID and understanding it's like what we've been through. So many people, I feel like, yeah, like they're in coronavirus. That was like the first TikTok that went viral. I feel like, okay, we're going to start laughing at what's going on because we literally do not know what else to do. Yeah, like we were all delirious during lockdown. Yeah, crazy. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you can't just act like this happened. And then people are moving through life like zombies. No, absolutely. You can't just act like this happened and it's not affecting you. Mm -hmm. And so like people, you know, if if you notice like that you're lashing out at loved ones or you're... um, you know, like just like acting out in ways that you don't normally, like it might just be because you have not personally dealt with like what it feels like or what it meant to be locked in your house 24 seven. Like that's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal for us to be uh, walking around with these masks every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Even during the height of lockdown for us to be in the supermarkets with gloves up to here, dodging people in the aisles. It was like the fear we all lived with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the fear that people still, I still live with it to this day. I was just looking at people out and and my friend was like, you know, you want to go to a bar? And I was like, a bar? Girl, we are still in a pandemic. Like, I can't bring myself to do it. I just can't. Um, right. So, you know, a lot of a lot of us are still walking around with a lot of fear. And, and, to, and then on top of the pandemic, the racial unrest, and then on top of that, the vax and the unvax war is yeah. just like what? Just and then on happening. top of that, people are still dying left and right. Mm-hmm. So... It's hard. You know, how can we not be, how can our Anxious. mental health not, right, <laughs> not be struggling right now? <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be a great segue into why people should get your book, mm. <laughs> um, which you, which is, let me make sure I get the title exactly right. Lose mm-hmm. the thoughts, keep the mind, which yes. I love. Yes. Lose the thoughts, keep the mind. And keep so mind. it's all about battling anxiety and finding happiness. So mm-hmm. tell us about, about your book and congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, so um, Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind um, came about because I am a habitual overthinker, um, but I have found ways 
to overcome that. So um, I can't say that I have stopped overthinking 100%, but I have found ways to subside the overthinking. Um, I have found ways to really battle anxiety and win. Um, And every day is not a win, but I do explain that in the book that you're not always going to win for every thousand losses that one win is still worth it. Um, So in the book, I, you know, wanted to just be so as, as plain and simple as possible to just teach one, what anxiety is and how you can start to accept who you are and how your mind works and um, why your mind works that way. Um, and I've could, because I've done a lot of um, acceptance and, and, and come to Jesus moments about why my brain and why I think this way and why I react to certain things this way. And I wanted to be able to open that door for the reader to be able to start digging a little deeper to figure out how and why their mind works the way it does. Because once you figure that out, it's like, okay, so I know how to work around this. I know that if this person says, if this person doesn't text me back in 10 minutes and I start to get anxious, that's my abandonment issues. So how now I don't get to lash out on this person. I don't, I don't, I don't, this, I don't blame this person for that. Um, but now I need to really assess and try to get to the bottom of how can I heal my own abandonment issues? So um, I use the beginning of that book to really get in tune with who you are and why you are the way that you are and why you, what makes you tick, you know? Um, and then um, the rest of the book is just like the tools of, that I've used along the way that have really helped me. Um, and with the emphasis on um, a spiritual life that I have. Um, so I share a lot of, um, my personal, um, journeys with those tools. Um, and also a lot of my mistakes that I've made. I, you know, I, I don't go in depth about it, but I just talk to a lot of the things that I've done in my past that I can say was because of my emotional distress and, um, not, um, facing head on those, um, anxiety, the anxieties and the issues that I had growing up. Right. That's really powerful. All of that. Um, just understanding that we have the power to reprogram our own minds. Absolutely. That so often we just point the finger elsewhere. And so understanding our own anxieties and understanding why we react the ways that we do. And like you said, like, oh, if they don't you know, text me back, it's like, okay, well, let me not take it out on that person. Let me ask myself, why am I upset in this moment? And what's right. the root cause? Right. Between underneath why I'm upset. And then right. like realizing that nine times out of 10, like it's like the reason that we get upset about so many things or the reason that we cultivate this anxiety within ourselves is because there's like unresolved, you know, issues that we're, we haven't dealt with. There's past traumas we haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. There's healing that we need to do. Um, and most time it has nothing to do with the other person. Yeah, absolutely. And then sometimes it does, but even still, <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, listen, fuckboys will be fuckboys. So always. always. Um, but at the same time, still, you still get to figure out how you're going to respond to someone being a fuckboy. Am I right. going to spaz out now and go all ape shit? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or right. am I going to am I going to approach this in a different manner that's going to be um, beneficial for me and still um, carry myself in grace and dignity? Um, and on to the next person. You know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. So it helps you to be able, I would hope that my book will help you to be able to decipher the two. 
and make right. better and decisions and choices as we right. along our emotional path. Along our emotional path. Our emotional path. journey, I should say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we have to teach ourselves how to respond instead of react yes. to stressful situations. Yes. We have to teach. It's a it's a learned skill. It's mm-hmm. a learned ability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that that comes easy for everybody. Um, and it's definitely I don't something think it that comes easy have. for anyone. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are born just old souls, and they just they know. I think I don't know. But but do they or do they just do they internalize it and we just don't see it? Okay. You know. Yeah, that's possible too. You know, that there's some people who internalize stuff and we don't see them act out, you know, and I don't know, but it could be some people who just know how to do it and they're old souls. And you know what? Good for you. Cause I'm not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) It was a learning skill. Right. (laughs) Which is also like really inspiring because I mean, it's always, it's always, always, always the vulnerability that inspires people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably way more inspiring to know that like, you're like getting advice from somebody who wasn't always this way. So that Mm -hmm. inspires you to say like, if you're not that way, if your anxiety gets the best of you, if you are somebody who has like analysis paralysis and you're like constantly future tripping on what could happen or what might happen or what, like all these scenarios that you play out in your mind that have not actually happened by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, you're just constantly finding yourself going down this rabbit hole where you just think of the worst case scenario at every given like moment, like people can look to you and be like, okay, that's also who she was and who she partly of course still is. But like now she has the, she's cultivated the tools to, you know, find that stronger version of yourself to tap into that version of you that like says like, okay, let me wait hold up for a minute. Like, I know how to handle this. I know how to deal with this and I can see what's happening when it's happening and like kind of like hit the brakes in the middle of it. Absolutely. Um, and you just, I mean, I, you said it better than me. (laughs) I don't even got to say anything because you said it better than me, girl. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, um, going through depersonalization and I don't know if you know what that is. Um, um, it's a it's a symptom of anxiety where you feel like you're living in a dream world um, or, you know, you can be looking at your hands and your body and you're just like, this, this doesn't look like my body. You feel very disconnected. So it is a form of disassociation. Um, and it was like it was the most awful, bizarre thing I could ever go through in my life. Um, and. You know, for about six months, I always say this, the way that I can explain it was that I felt like I had taken an edible and I was on this really, really bad high and I could not get come off the high. And I felt like that for like seven days, 24 seven for like six months. Wow. So um, that's how Analog Girl was born and how I was able to start really advocating for myself and trying to figure out what's going on. Cause I had a therapist try to tell me that I had schizophrenia. Um, so it was just, you know, I was going through, I was in the trenches um, fighting for my mind. Um, and I literally was fighting for my mind. And I was just like, I know there was just a little small spirit, a small voice. And he was just like, nah, this ain't no schizophrenia. Like, this is just anxiety. And we're going to figure out how to get us back to get us back on track. We're going to figure this out. Um, so I always use that story and that testimony to connect with listeners and readers 
and anybody who comes along my Instagram that I have been there and I have done it. You know, I've done the work. I'm still doing the work. So, and I'm not a therapist where I'm just like preaching at you, telling you this is what you need to do. It's my actual life experience that has gone through this madness and made it out. (laughs) Wow. And that is, I want to thank you for sharing that. I think it's so, so important because you know, people, it's hard. It's really mm-hmm. hard to, mm-hmm. to feel like you're, you're not in your own right headspace and feel like you want to gain control of yourself yes. and who you are and sometimes not feel like you can find your own footing. Yes. Um, and so really just normalizing that, knowing that like you get, like you experience these kind of feelings sometimes and like you can find your way back. But I, I love how you like, or basically you were your own cheerleader. You're like, we're going to figure this out. Like yeah. we, we, you know? yes, we got to yeah. figure out what's going on. This is so strange. This is so weird. I hate this feeling. Um, you know, I lost my job because of it. I, um, you know, I couldn't even function at work. I was just sitting at my desk and just staring off in the space, like a deer in headlights, um, there really was no, no support for me at my job. Like they, they, I think they were laughing at me and like, kind of, they clicked up and just thought it was funny. Um, and they just thought I was weird. And, um, I was on an Island there. I was the only black girl. Um, and there just was no support. Um, and they fired me. So I was just like, wow. yeah, I had to figure out like, okay, girl, what is happening? Everything is crashing down right now, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, um, yeah. I, um, that's, it was them firing me that just really like got me on that. Like, I got to figure this out. Like, I got to do something. I can't lose my house again. I can't do this. I can't go back to being homeless. I just can't do this. So um, I always just had that drive to figure out what was the next step. Man, you're inspiring me so much. <laughs> Just, I, I, that's why you always, it's, it's vulnerability. It's always the vulnerability. Like you want to connect with other humans. You want to figure your own shit out. Like whatever it is, it's always vulnerability. It's talk about it with anybody who will listen. It's just, that's just always the key. Um, cause like, I now feel like I know you on such like a more, even like crazy, like more human, like way, you know, Mm -hmm. like just like just connecting to the humanness in all of us. And like, just seeing people for who they are and like what they, you know, are struggling with or dealing with. It's like, you realize that none of us are alone. No, we're going through. No, I mean, different stories, but same kind of situations, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, we all are, I think one way or another, we have something that is relatable to each other. Always, no matter who you are, Mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I I really thank you for for sharing that. Um, I really do. (laughs) Um, You know, so as we were talking earlier about, you know, representation, you know, I don't know if you know a lot about this specific specific thing, but I've got some male listeners as well. So, you know, I'm sure you have your own podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're the analog girl on Instagram. It's the dot analog girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then your podcast is called the analog girl right? podcast. Oh, it's also the analog. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure you've had men on and just for our male listeners who also may struggle with anxiety, you know, is there anything you have to, you know, point to for that or anything you have to say about it? Um, 
So I'm very much, I'm very sensitive to men going through this. Um, men reach out to me often to discuss depersonalization and, and, and specifically depersonalization men have reached out to me about because, um, especially black guys, because they're just like, I just didn't know what I was going through. And you are the first person that I have seen, like talk about this on a public platform. Um, so there have been a lot of men who have reached out to me specifically about that. And anybody who is going through depersonalization or I describe something that you think you might be going through. I did have a, a guy named Sean O'Connor on my show and him and I discussed, he, he went through depersonalization. He actually wrote a whole manual and that's how I was able to um, get on the right track to heal. Um, because I read his manual in literally like two hours and I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything he done told me to do in this book. <laughs> so um, change my diet, check. Exercise, check. Meditate, check. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no more drinking alcohol, check. I'm doing all of that kind of stuff. And he really um, works on rebuilding the mind from the inside out. So working on the subconscious. So I re really got really obsessed and I'm still am very obsessed with rebuilding and renewing myself from the inside out when it comes to the brain and working on the subconscious first, then the conscious mind. So I think that, you know, that is where men can start is with um, working on those subconscious mind and those things and getting to the deep rooted issues of what, where the anxiety might be coming from, where the PTSD might be coming from. Also, I might want to go back and listen to that episode with Sean O'Connor or find him because he's amazing. Oh, immediately. Um, I was like, oh, I need to have him on. He listen, awesome. he's really dope. He's from Ireland. Um, and he lives in Ireland, Cork Island, he lives in. Um, and I just reached out to him, like, you want to come on and talk about it? So if you check out the episode, it's pretty funny. Him and I were, like, just laughing and, like, um, telling war stories about the depersonalization and how, you know, I was I was actually scared to come out of, out of my bedroom during um, my spell. And um, he was saying how he was scared to, like, go wash his hands or he thought the sink was going to kill him or something like that. It was just, like, something really weird. And we were like, yo, how crazy is this? It's so crazy. You know, and, like... I really could not step out of my bedroom. I was so scared because my surroundings didn't feel real. Anyway, I say all that to say, like, you know, I, I, you know, I think for the men that, you know, I want to, I don't know how much I can get in across, but that it is okay to not be okay to men. Mm. And I always like to communicate that to them and just know that you're validate, like validate their feelings and know that they are, they are heard. So anytime men do come in my DMs and talk to me about that stuff, I always want to make sure that they know that I am, I, that, that I validate their feelings and it's not, it's not crazy. You're not the only person that's gone through this. And, um, I also make note of the fact that a lot of people who smoke weed or do edibles and have a bad trip struggle with depersonalization. Um, so I've had a couple of people who've been like, yo, I, it, it happened to me. I smoked weed and I got high and, and then I started to, I never, you know, kind of recovered from that bad trip. And it's that they struggle with depersonalization. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. As popular as weed is like getting right. And as legal as it's becoming, that's just mm -hmm. an interesting thing. I feel like a lot of people are not talking about, like all you hear about is like all the benefits all the time. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because some people, most people don't talk about depersonalization. So, like, if you Google depersonalization, right. most people, like, you'll see in the forums that once they start getting better, they won't talk about it. The people in the mm. forums are the people who are saying, like, even people with brain injuries can struggle with this, too. So it's all different kind of things, people, different kind of reasons. It could be underlying traumas. It could be PTSD. It could be the sudden death of somebody that causes you to go into this disassociated space. So, um you know, it could be anything, but there is a very, there are a lot of people out there who have smoked weed, had a panic attack, because panic attacks is what really, really causes if you constant panic attacks sends your body into this fight or flight mode or your right. mind. And so there's a lot of people who have smoked the weed and have panic attacks and then they struggle with it. And then it might go away a day or two. And some people it doesn't, it stays for a while, like, like it did for me. So, wow. Yeah. That's 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 crazy and that's awesome <laughs> to, to talk about too because mm-hmm. if anybody's like oh you know and they yeah. continue to smoke weed like some people it's just not good for yeah right? it ain't for me i'll tell you that i have a whole ep- episode about that too i be <laughs> i talk about how i had I kept it. trying to like it i smoked i've smoked weed like you know i was like i'm supposed to like this people like this <laughs> 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 yeah, it just wasn't. It's just not for me. Mm-mm, I'll stick to wine. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. I um, definitely had a wine. smoky, smoky night. Like you, you watch Friday the movie Friday when he yeah, was running in the street high. That was me. Yeah, that was me out in the street <laughs> bugging out, bugging yeah. out. Oh my god, yeah. I did. I have done an edible. This is like not. This is so off topic now. I think it's so <laughs> off topic. But like, I'm. I feel like I'm just gonna tell the story like the super, super, super shortened version. Like I did an edible one time because I was like, okay, this is like, like I said, people do this. Right. People like this. I should like. This. I should like this. Okay, so this is like old VB Victoria. By I go by VB. I was like old VB. Okay. I was living in LA. Okay. I was working at Hooters at the time. Okay. On Hollywood Boulevard. Right. So my mm. roommate. Right. Uh, my roommate worked with me. So her name was Delicia. So she's Mm -hmm. like, yo, girl, I got this edible. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, let's take it. Let's take it. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I've never done that before. So she, I'm, she's, and I'm like, whatever people do it all the time. So like I said, like, I felt like, you know, and she's my roommate. So like, I trust her, whatever. So we go upstairs. She has this cookie. She gives me half the cookie. I eat the entire half of the cookie. Oh, I, I literally thought I was dying. I was taking an order. And this is the only time I've ever experimented with this. But, like, I was just, like, I mean, I guess, obviously, like, idiot. Like, I shouldn't have ate half a cookie. But once again, it was my roommate, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm, like, I'm trusting her, right? But I guess, like, if you do edibles all the time, who knows? Whatever. Right. (laughs) Why why I had the trip is not matter. Yeah. So, like, I was working, and I'm taking this order, and there was this, like, giant family. And I'm, like, taking – I kept telling her, I was, like, I don't feel right. And she was, like, laughing at me. And I'm like, no, I don't feel right. And like, I was taking this order and this man was giving me the order for the whole table. And I remember I was like, huh? And then he was like, he gave the order again. And I go, huh? And then I remember I just walked away. I walked away and it was an out of body experience. I felt like I was looking at my hands, but my yes. hands were somebody else's hands. Yes. And I remember saying to the manager, I said, call 911, call 911. That's what I said. Call 911. I thought I was dying. I literally mm-hmm. thought I was dying. Mind you, he did not call 911. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, you know, I feel like that's that. Um, did you ever see that video? There's a YouTube video when the husband and the wife did edibles and he was no. like, call 911. And they called, he was like, they were like, what's wrong? He was like, me and my wife, we did edibles. I think we're dead. We're dead. I think we died. We died. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. And how you were feeling? That sounds about right. Like I kept saying, I don't feel right. Like I feel like I'm high. This is crazy. Yep. Now imagine that feeling that you had every day. Bugged. Having, yeah. That is Bugged. crazy. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. I'm, I remember I went to sleep. By also the cook, the, one of the chefs took me home. Oh, um, really? Okay. Like I left. So did you continue early. working? No, I couldn't. It was physically impossible. So he I so, didn't lose my job. My roommate told told my manager at the time that oh, okay. I started these new vitamins, and she thought maybe I was having a bad reaction. Look at her! Look at her <laughs> holding you down. Go, girl! Yes. <laughs> so the chef takes me home, and thank God, bless him, that he, I could trust him because right. I was, like couldn't move my limbs. I remember he like came into my apartment and like literally like put me into bed. And I remember when I closed my eyes, like I couldn't really lift my limbs. But when I closed my eyes, I was like, well, this is the end. We're not going to wake up. Like, this is the end. This is how we go out. And I'm like, I can't even lift my arm to try and call somebody I love. Like, um, this is the end for me. And I remember next morning I woke up, I opened my eyes and I was like, I didn't know if I was asleep for four days. Like, I didn't know. Wow. And then I was like, okay, we're here. And then I was like, okay, we're getting up now. We're standing. We're okay. But you didn't panic through any of that, huh? No, I don't think I really did. See, my ass, I mean, that, my like ass would make it Ill, worse because I, I panic. I was panicked. Like, I guess I still trusted my roommate. I was like, I guess I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I thought, to be honest, at this point. I was just grateful when I woke up the next morning. None of this had <laughs> anything to do with it. We just went on a whole side tangent. We like, did. We did. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It was wild. So, and that is like a story that only like, close personal friends know and now the whole world now the whole the world's gonna know gonna but it's okay because we all have those type of stories the one time that vb worked at hooters on hollywood boulevard and ate a cookie and then tripped real bad <laughs> uh, i just love hearing other people's stories i was snatching i snatched a drink like a little kid drink out of this boy's hand this lady was walking with her son and i was with me and my my, my friend and my friend was like ma'am the, the lady was like, is she okay? And I was like, I'm not okay. I need Jesus. I think I'm dying. I need Jesus. And then I was like, my mouth is so dry. And she was walking with a little boy and he had like oh a God. little drink, a little box drink in his hand. I snatched the box drink out of his hand, was squeezing the drink down. It was like a movie. It was ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I had one of those nights too. And I was like, never yep. again. Nope. So... Mm-hmm. For anyone out there who's gone to the depths, is in the depths of, of it. Like, you some can come out on the other side. Yeah, you can come out on the other side. Some people is for, and some some people it ain't. It ain't for me. Yep. Um, okay, so another thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, yes. The holidays are coming up. That mm-hmm. is a huge, huge source of anxiety for so many people. Mm-hmm. So many people. Um so what is your experience um, with dealing with holiday anxiety or have you spoken with anyone else that has dealt with it? And, you know, what are your tips if you have any for dealing with anxiety that comes along with the holidays? So I really, really um, encourage people now more than ever to, if you can get into therapy, um, or find support groups during this time, because this is the roughest time. And while I do have faith in ourselves to be able to get ourselves through this stuff alone, um, I think that during the holidays is when you really absolutely need a listening ear. Um, 
because I, I too, like, I mean, I have family and everything, but for some reason, I mean, I live alone. I don't, I'm not married. Um, I'm dating. I don't know what that, what it, I don't know. I don't even know if I should say I'm dating. I don't know, but (laughs) it's like, there's someone I'm seeing, but it's not like it's, oh, we're going to do the holidays together. Like, you know, and my son is grown. So I don't necessarily have that big family anymore. So really, um, his hard, hits home hard um, during the holidays when it's just not like it used to be. Um, but I find that um, I try to make myself more open to being around my friends, um, being intentional about being around my friends and my family. And then also, um, you know, in therapy and talking it out and expressing my concerns and my feelings of feeling disposable or feeling abandoned or what have you that come up because everything seems to come up during the holidays. But the one, the one, the big one for me is feeling disposable and not having a partner and having someone to love me. So um, I do focus a lot on therapy, their talking, talk therapy and being around the friends that I know that love me and that care for me and will be able to um, be there and support me during that time. So I think that that's very important for us to do. Um, And if you're not a person who goes through it, but you have a friend that does, this is when you get to be very intentional about your friendship with that person and invite them out to eat, invite them to dinner, invite them over to your house for the holidays. Um, Even if they say that they're fine and you sense that something is not right, um, you know, insert yourself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like insert yourself. I, I, I think that, you know, friends should do that. When you see that you have a friend that's spending the holidays alone, like we shouldn't, even if they say they're okay, we shouldn't let that happen. Um, if, if we can't, if we can help it, you know? So, and I try to do a lot of, um, like I do an unhappy, happy hour during the holidays. Um, so I try to bring more events, do more events for people like us who might be alone or struggle with the holidays. I have very close friends who have lost their siblings, um, suddenly lost their parents suddenly. So, I like to just bring everybody together and we can, you know, drink and be merry and have a good time. Um, So, yeah, I just always want to choose love in the healing process and doing things that I feel like people would feel loved and feel appreciated and feel validated in that space. Right. I love that. I love unhappy happy hour. And Mm -hmm. everything I, I feel like I hear from you is like, in your healing journey and in your healing process and in your growth journey process, all of it, it sounds like you, you really like show up in the world as what you needed. Mm, That's good. Yeah. I see that in you so much. That's good. And I would agree. I guess a lot of the times I feel like I don't get what I'm needing. So I become what it is that I, that I wish that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, it's a great tool for, for anyone to put it in their, in their pocket is like, if you feel like you need more love in your life, then give more love. Give more if love. you feel like you need more people around you to be loyal to you, like be loyal to those around you, yes. whatever it is that we feel like we're lacking ourselves. If we give that to others, it, it always comes back tenfold. Like you mm-hmm. end up you know, filling that gap or that void that you, that you feel or felt. Yes. Preach baby. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so anyways, let me ask you one more question. I won't take up too much more of your time. Um, but okay. what is one, one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Block him, girl. <laughs> Amen. To be Block him. <laughs> there are way too many men in my life that I gave way too much time, power, and energy to that I just like out of sight, out of mind. Don't look at his page. Don't look at his stories. Don't check if he's looking at your shit. Yes. No. Block him. Block him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm older than a lot of y'all. So we didn't really have social media, but block his phone number. That's what I would tell her. The I would tell her my my young self, my 20s, block him. I put too much on, on men and boys and being in relationships. And that was my own daddy issues. And if I could go back in time, I would be like, no, no, no. We're blocking every single one of these motherfuckers and we're going to focus on you. Yeah. That's what I would tell her. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. Man, we got two sound bites for, that, for this episode because that, that that right there. <laughs> I have to post that. We got to like post something that's like serious, but like also like that. I mean, I feel like I could get on my soapbox all day long about that, about finding love and like not allowing people to disrupt your energy or your space or like just who you are. Because like, it's just like, you gotta, we have to all like, we have to wake up and like realize like how special we are, yes. how powerful we are, how mm-hmm. capable we are, how necessary we are and how dare anybody out in the world ever try to make us feel less than. Yeah. And then on top of that, how dare us try and chase somebody who makes us feel less than like, I don't like what? That's it right there. It's the chasing. It's the chasing because we don't feel that we're worthy enough. And I was just mm-hmm. talking about that with my friend. And I was like, how dare us not feel worthy enough when God created us in his image? So how yeah. dare us not feel worthy? And yeah, I just be like, no, 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 we're worthy. Uh, we are so yes. worthy. All of this beauty was not on accident. All That's, that beauty no, was not on it was accident. Not. It was not. <laughs> it was not He knew what accident. he was doing. Mm-hmm. He definitely did. Definitely yeah. did. So I totally agree. And we don't need to chase anything in this world. The only thing we need to chase is our liquor. <laughs> That's it. Amen. There you go. I <laughs> That's <love> it. it. <laughs> um, all right. So that was uh, our can, can I call you anxiety queen? Can we Ooh, say that? Is I, that what they want to say? <laughs> I don't know. It just came to my mind. Anxiety queen herself. Like it's demystifying what it means to have anxiety and mm-hmm. removing the stigma. So thank you so much for being on Latoya. You were awesome. I thank you. Thank you so much, Phoebe. I loved it. <laughs> thank you. So I know I said this was going to be an awesome episode, but I really, really did think it was so awesome. It was truly inspiring. I think Latoya has a really special gift, if you ask me, in just talking about something that we all deal with in such a human way, in such a way that is so incredibly relatable. And I think it's something that the mental health space is missing in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's really easy to 
tout out a lot of facts or, you know, just talk about, you know, just things that sound, you know, clinical depression or these things that these buzzwords, right, that are out there. I think that's really kind of actually easy to do. But to hear someone talk about something like anxiety and the way that she did in such an approachable way and such a way that makes you feel like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. And like, she experiences this and I experience this and we all experience this. And I don't know, I just, I really, really enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, so definitely make sure you follow her on Instagram. She is at the dot analog girl, A-N-A-L-O-G-G-I-R-L, the dot analog girl. So follow her on Instagram and of course, uh, pick up her book, Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind, How to Battle Anxiety, Find Happiness and Live as Your Most Authentic Self. Uh, so if her book is anything like the interview we just had, uh, I've already ordered it. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. I know that for sure. Uh, thanks for tuning in today, you guys. Follow her on Instagram. Follow me at Victoria Brown. Follow the pod handle at Very Best Self. and. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. I don't say that lightly. It means so much to the growth of the podcast that you show up week after week, that you share it on Instagram or with your friends or whoever, um, that you like, subscribe, follow, all of that stuff. Like it really actually matters and it's really helpful. So I don't know. I know you're here because you hopefully get something out of this. And that's really what the whole goal is behind why I do any of this is so that I can make someone's day even 1% better. That's always the goal. So thank you for being here and uh, hope it's 1% better at least. Uh, see you guys next Tuesday.